This is the 2.1 cast. Visit the2.1.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at the2.1. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 2.1 cast. I'm your host Neil Murray and I'm joined once again by Stefan Bienkowski and James Kearney. Are we all good lads? Very good. It's a lovely Monday morning for the first time this year. I, I think. know it's it's gorgeous, isn't it? Makes makes for a change. Uh, loving this middle aged partner as well. S- something we do well. Oh, do you want even more middle aged partner? Yeah, I went for a walk yesterday, right, with some friends. Like, I thought that was it. I went for a walk yesterday. Uh, no, I walked uh, to the the Kelvin Way, and the most Glasgow thing happened ever. So we're walking it, and then like we're walking back, so like I don't know, like twelve kilometres in or something, and like walking back past like um, like Mary Hill. And we were just commenting on how nice a walk it had been and how no trouble, hadn't got any trouble or anything. Well, Mary Hill is wonderful. Mary Hill is wonderful, but then we turned a corner and I kid you not, there was this like Bampot just in the middle of the pathway. Like, I can't tell if he's a nether, just straight up junkie because he's like in his 40s. But like, do you know how like he went full Lenny? Do you know how like oh, really? turned the winds against us? Yeah. Like, where <laughs> he's got like his jog- joggy bottoms on, shirt off, sh- like his, 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 uh, his, his jacket like hanging around his waist and he was like and this is the thing he wasn't just like standing off to the side or anything he was standing right in the middle of the path <laughs> like some sort of like junkie gandalf you shall not pass yeah or like some sort of like cave trolls there's like you have to like you have to like best him to get past him on the path and was he holding like a park thistle season ticket just crying into it can't leave it what are you Lindsay? Was it Alan Archibald drowning his sorrows? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it wasn't, but I just laughing at it. Like, you know, been, like, as soon as we said, oh, it's actually been quite a nice night, we turned the corner. Yeah, you can so. do that, that's like, you're kind of taunting Glasgow. People make it after all, innit? Um, well, we're going to talk Celtic today, not part of this, so sorry, James. I say sorry, I'm guessing you don't really want to talk about Quite glad about that, yeah. yeah we're going we're gonna to turn our focus to Celtic. I mean, for a couple of reasons, one of them was we've actually not talked about them on the podcast for quite a while. Mm. Uh, I think the last time was uh, prior to their Europa League game against Zenit. So we kind of left them to their own devices in the league, which I think a lot of people maybe have. It looks like they're going to win another treble. By all means, it's been a successful season. They've, they've dominated domestically. Uh, they, they still look pretty untouchable, uh, I think, unless you compare them to last year when they were a better team. And I think that's what we're going to hone in on, really. Um, why they're not as good as last season. Um, and just kind of delve into that a bit deeper. Uh, I think we'll just start. I'll just start off with that question, just to be nice and broad. Uh, James, I'll let you start. What do you think it is? Why do you think the Celtic team aren't as good as last season? I know there'll be more than than one reason. Well, I think part of it is probably because obviously last season they went the whole campaign unbeaten domestically, so there wasn't a, even a blueprint for how to beat a Brendan Rodgers side in Scotland. That just didn't even exist. Obviously, Hearts were the first team to do it and did it very effectively. But now other teams can look at the iHearts and Kelly, look at see how they've won and then try and replicate that. Whereas last season that just simply couldn't even be done. So I think now that they have lost and now that we can, other coaches can study that, they've probably got, like, you know, their frailties are now more apparent and more exposed than they were last season. Um, it's a bit like Leonidas with like the spear in 300 isn't it like as long as you can prove that they bleed then <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden everyone else tries a bit harder but no you're absolutely right I think um, first and foremost it comes down to the simple fact that they have lost more games this season than the, the zero that they did last season 
but there's obviously the fact that just over the course of the season, they've they've they have kind of slept walked through a lot of games. Um, we'll touch on it in a lot more detail in a minute, like specifically where in the team things haven't worked, but there have been huge parts of the Celtic team that just haven't got going this season at all, either through injury or just through form. Um, and interestingly enough, when you kind of get through it all, I'm kind of inclined to give Rogers a bit of credit, if I'm honest with you, just because of like how it's almost, it's, I don't want to get too dramatic, but if, if you want to say like last season Celtic team were a juggernaut, then to a certain extent, things have began to start falling off this machine this season um, but they are still going to win the league they're almost probably going to still win the Scottish Cup um, and they've already got a league cup to, to, the, to the name so um, but against their own lofty expectations and the um, the reputation that they set themselves because of their performances last season they're nowhere near as good as they were last year I mean even just looking at the basic stats um, the goals per game last season in the um, Premiership was 2.66. This season, that's down to 1.99. Uh, if you want to get a bit more deeper into that, the key passes are down. Uh, the through balls per game are down from 9.3 to 7.1. And I know this. If you're just if you're listening to this right now, you're probably thinking this is all just random numbers thrown at me. But what I, what's interesting in that context is, context is that defensively they're still doing actually relatively as well as they were last season so defence hasn't changed at least in terms of the defending aspect of that back line uh, but up front is where we're seeing things have started to come away yeah, a stray van not a race stray, um, I mean fair enough like, I think as well like I mean, so what you're really saying is they're perhaps victims of their own success because let's be honest there's no way they could replicate what they did last season like yeah. you're saying I mean they were they were awesome uh, they didn't lose a game domestically they didn't look really like losing at any point uh, even at the weekend I think it was a good example of what you were saying they were sleeping through games mm-hmm. I've seen quite a lot of Celtic fans online um, say it was a pretty dreadful game of football against Hamilton and the game the week before against Dundee mm-hmm. as well uh, and you could that Dundee game is actually the one point this season where I've seen Celtic fans like being actively quite livid like on social media and things I know that's never a great barometer of judging like public opinion but that was the first time this season where I've thought, you know, because they've, they've had some pretty poor de- performances in Europe as well to an extent, where or at least fans could get on Rodgers back for that. But that game against Dundee at home at Celtic Park was one with people like, right, what's going on here? We need to snap out of this. But yeah, I mean that's the thing, and I think you could you could go to the old cliche. It's like, well, champions have to grind out results. So, but I, I think it's that thing more like uh, if we're looking at why they're not as good. Uh, I think that's maybe one of the one of them one of the reasons. Sorry, is they're uh, victims of their own success. I guess the other one I wanted to ask about. I feel we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but it, it does obviously affect every team. And it, Celtic aren't an exception to this, perhaps. Is it that the league have got better as well? I mean, Rangers are certainly better. You've got Hibs who are better than the team they replaced. Is it is it partly into that as well? I think so. I mean, especially with um, Steve Clark at Kelly. I mean, the way he sets his team up, they look capable of beating anyone on their day and they've, I think they've shown that against every team in the league I'm sure Clark's beaten them all at some point or another by now um, I think the part of it as well for Celtics I mean it is a, it is a, it is a decline from last season um, but part of it might just be tiredness as well I mean they've played a lot of football games like fair enough they've got a big squad but you think of like their key players and they've played a lot I mean last season I think they played close to 60 games 
and then this season it will probably finish off roughly about the same amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot of football to be played, and that's not including uh, obviously got a lot of internationals as well who are playing. You know, a couple of uh, couple of extra times every few months. You know, so I think it might just be a case of fatigue as well. Maybe they just need a you know a summer off, which. With the World Cup being on, you know, I don't think they've got many players that will be expected to go. Gambo so. will be there. <laughs> yeah, but if there's, one, if, if, if there's one squad in Scotland that should be able to deal with extra games, it should be Celtic. That's true. You know, yeah. they've got so much, um, they've got so much uh, covered. Where and and I think that is the main problem this season. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, well, I mean, perhaps Tierney is the one example where you can't really find cover, but. There should be someone to replace Scott Sinclair when he gets injured. There should be someone to replace uh, Roberts when he gets injured. Should be people to replace Dembele, Griffiths, Armstrong when they get injured. And there have been kind of some people who filled in there, but to a large extent there haven't. Um, before we jump into the individual stats, I thought it was actually quite an interesting point you raised there, Neil, about the managers. Um, just if you can I just go through like maybe the most impressive managers this season. Um, say or okay, so manager of the year. Steve Clark, he's 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 taken what a win and a draw off Celtic, I think, perhaps. Yeah, right. uh, so then after that, you've got Hibbs, who've could be a constant thorn in Celtic side. They've taken points off him. Um, Stephen Robinson at Motherwell, they they picked up two draws against Celtic in uh, this season as well. Um, Craig Levine, who okay, he's not been one of the managers this season, but what have Hearts been good at? They've been good at grinding it was outs at home. What do they do? They beat Celtic at home. And bottom line, he's been better than Cathedral. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, definitely. And yeah. even um, Marty at Rangers managed to get a draw off Celtic as well. So everyone, if we want, if we do want to give the league some credit, and I think you're right, I think we probably should, each of those managers who've came in and done better than their predecessor has also managed to take points off Celtic. Now, that might be Celtic a poorer, so it's easier to do so, but you could also give credit to those coaches who have obviously stepped up and improved the teams that would have got you know lined out by Celtic the year before. Because yeah. yeah, in the end last season, there's only four occasions Celtic didn't win. Yeah. So you know, so like yeah, but every time a, t- a manager does it this season, it is impressive and like, it's another notch on their belt. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we want to just jump into the like the individual problems in this team right yeah, now, I think we should because I think we could spend quite a lot of time on this. I'm mm. guessing, judging by the pre-chat I've had to this <laughs> to this recording. Yeah, I mean, I think the main one for me is Scott Sinclair. I think he's he seems to embody the difference between Celtic last season and this season, and bizarrely, on paper he's still having a, an amazing season. Uh, the guy's got 17 goals and 17 assists in one season for Celtic this season, which is incredible. Uh, the problem is though, it's just not as good as last year and. I probably don't have to convince many Celtic fans that he's not been at his best this year. Um, saying that, though, he looked like he was kind of getting back to against Hamilton, um, but he could have got a goal of assist actually. But you know, when we look at stats, they're quite damning. So, for example, he was scoring zero point six nine goals per game in the Premiership last year. That's down to zero point four one. His assists per season, his assists per game last season was zero point three one. It's now down to zero point one eight. It's key passes, so passes that lead to like passes that lay off shots to his teammates are down zero point eight six to zero point four. And the only stat that stays the same this season, if not better, is his shots per game have gone from three point six or three point five to three point six. So almost every single metric which you would use to define Sinclair as an attacking threat have just about half this season, which you know, <laughs> which bizarrely 
um, despite the amount of goals and assists he has scored this year, I think there's some pretty objective metrics to say he's not doing as well as he was last year. And I think that's caused a huge problem for Celtic because not only are they not getting the same Sinclair as they did last year, but they just fundamentally don't have anyone who can step into that role. When Masonda came in in January, I thought, finally they picked up someone who can actually you know, offer a bit of com competition to Sinclair because I thought that might be the main problem as to why he's got very inconsistent because there's just not enough competition. He's gotten too comfortable in his position. Um, we've not really seen that from Masonda at all. No. Um, it's, it's bizarre with Masonda, isn't it? Sorry to like butt in there, but... Uh, particularly because it was Rodgers who was providing all the fanfare or providing most of the fanfare when he arrived and I think it was Chris Sutton or I think it was Sutton who said like he doesn't trust him mm. and I think it's just such a bar bizarre thing like, I don't yeah. really know what he means by that I mean obviously I know what the term don't trust him means but I don't understand why not give him a shot particularly when he started off so well like Europa League game um, to even like throw him into some of the games domestically he's just not really given much of a shot at all but I yeah we obviously did superbly well didn't he in that Zenit game but I'm not sure it's happened to him, um, but yeah, he's 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 not going to offer that. And I think I think you know Rogers would point out at this point. Well, in a, on a good day, they'd have both Roberts and Hayes can probably who could have played in the left, particularly Hayes. Yeah. Um, they don't have him, so Celtic are just about stuck with Sinclair. And to be fair, Rogers had tri has tried to fix that by playing, you know, maybe McGregor or Armstrong at left when he can. I think I'm right in saying Dembele or Griffiths. Or Edward rather, of course, have moved out there when needed, but nobody's basically nobody's been able to do what Sinclair did in that position last year, including Sinclair. And that's and when we said at the top of the show, Celtic's problems aren't in defence. The defensive stats are the same as they were last year, but in attack they've dropped significantly. And I think that's probably I think in Sinclair that's where it's been most notable. Yeah, for me, fair enough. Is there anybody? There's obviously a couple of different departments there. I mean, Stuart Armstrong, another one they've maybe missed. He was. Pretty good. I say pretty good. It's an understatement. He was very good last season for them. He's also been quite uh, quite effective since he came back as well. Like uh, I wrote a piece about how he could galvanise their attack, and I think he has to an extent. Uh, and it was only when looking into his stats there you see that how important he is for Celtic. To be honest, like uh, in terms of stuff like uh, he's, a, he's assists even. So you've got people like Rogic and McGregor who are, are good players, but uh, assists per ninety minutes. Armstrong was was has more than them. Uh, I think he's only a player in the league who's still doing better than Scott Allen in that regard, isn't he? Uh, wasn't, I remember reading that in your article. Possibly maybe. in Cham. An assist per 90. Oh, maybe that's key passes per 90. Oh, right, okay. So yeah, yeah, key passes per 90. Uh, he's ahead of in Cham as well. Uh, key passes per 90. I mean, that, that's like all his passing stats are, are pretty good. Um, and it's that kind of thing where he, he has that cutting edge, that final ball. So maybe other midfielders who are more likely to score than him or more likely to play established passes or start from the back like a, like a Scott Brown or a Incham but he's the one that plays that killer pass and they've maybe not had that as much and to go back to Sinclair briefly I think it's something else you said James that uh, teams are working out kind of how to play against Rodgers team and his players and I think Sinclair people have realised they love to cut in something so simple as he loved to cut in and go on to his, to his right foot people have realised that now so he's not been able to do it nearly as many times he, he, the amount of times he did it last season and ended up scoring or creating goals from that was ridiculous yeah. so uh, maybe that's another simplistic perhaps approach but another factor in it as well um, what about Patrick Roberts we want to talk pa Patrick Roberts or a lack of Patrick Roberts this season yeah I mean obviously he's been injured so there's been some issues there but I mean even when he's been in the team in terms of his goal scoring that's got significantly worse he was averaging 0.28 goals per 90 last season that's now down to 0.07 which is pretty stinking yeah. um, obviously you know he's not played as much which plays into that as a factor but still 
Um, in terms of his passing stats, they're actually roughly the same. He's a slight dip, but they're still around about 85 to 85% mark. But uh, his dribbles have also dropped off as well. They were close to 60% last season, and now this season they're just above 50. So he, he is becoming less effective in that regard. But I think the Celtic have maybe benefited from James Forrest really stepping up in his mm. place. Um, and we were saying earlier on, like he's 16 goals and 8 assists now for James Forrest in all competitions, which is fantastic rate for a player who, I, you know, for the majority of his career, people have said there's a good player in there, yeah. but he's just not got much of an end product. So it looks like Rodgers has made, really managed to sort of bring that on. So that, that is obviously a, a good positive for Celtic. But it's all about the... Yeah, like we were talking about Sinclair, it's like there's no comp- real competition because Roberts hasn't been able to p- perform as well as he was last season. Mm. And I think that lack of competition is hurting them because I think we've seen a bit of a drop-off in his form in recent like weeks and months. Um, and I think that if you've got someone else who's competing for your position and you need to fight for it, you would, don't get that sort of complacency that's, mm. that's perhaps set in. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm right in saying Roberts was the highest assist per ninety for Celtic last season, maybe in the league actually. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, you just give me the thumbs up there. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think that obviously, you know, to lose a player of that magnitude is huge, and it's really interesting you say about um, whether players have figured them out. I think Roberts is probably one of those players where it's so obvious the way he plays and before he got sent before he got injured maybe that's what was happening where you know teams were figuring out how to play against him he's always going to cut inside no matter what he'll always cut inside yeah. i mean i know again robin's made a career out of that but he's not i wouldn't say robert's quite at the heights of robin um so not yet anyway yeah so it's interesting i think what's probably quite interesting with james forrest is that he's been sh- the, the club have relied on him so much um, not just in terms of filling in for Roberts, which let's let's be honest, nobody probably expected him to score this many. Well, it's unprecedented the goals he scored this season. I think last time I checked, like maybe like about like thirty percent of all the goals he scored in his career have come this season or something like that. Like, wow, that's amazing. He's doubled. He's, he's at least he's at least doubled his, his greatest ever goal tally for a season. Um, and it's now we've still got probably another six or seven games left to play this season. Um, so he's obviously doing as best as he possibly can, right? There's no denying that James Forrest had a great season. However, he might be coming a little unstuck now. Maybe he's getting tired himself. But the problem is that he's not only covering for James Forrest, he's also covering for the fact that Celtic don't have a capable right back as well. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying he's a wing back, but where Celtic might have had some cover in Sinclair dipping in, in the fact that they still work here in Tierney, Mikel Lustig has just completely gone off the boil this season and maybe you could argue how good a fullback or centre back he ever or, or fullback he ever was in defensive terms. He was quite good going forward last season to a certain extent. Um and you know, in his place there's just there's just been really nothing to this, to an extent. The, the odd thing about uh, the right back as well for Celtic is that it's clearly a position that Rogers identified when he first joined because he signed Gamboa mm. fair enough that didn't really work out he's tried giving Tony Ralston a shot in the first team that's again that's not worked out he's away on loan to Morton at the moment I think Dundee United it's Dundee United sorry yeah. big one um, so it's just weird because like he obviously knows that's a problem area he's tried to fix it it's not worked and now he just seems to be ignoring it which is he's changed his whole formation to, he's exactly, now playing three yeah. at the back and I think just to go back to I think there, it's, it's a testament one to Rodgers that he's got 
Forrest playing that way, but he's also lucky. He's got he's been able to get out of him. Yeah. Because I say lucky, not obviously it's fantastic coaching, but he's lucky he's had a player that's been able to step up and has that ability in him. Because you took the words out of my mouth, I think, as well as adding the goals to his game, and not even just a couple of goals, like end product, he's now got it. Yeah, it's, it's the whole way he approaches a game yeah. is different now. Well, I think yeah. going back to that last Celtic podcast, we talked about head of Europe, we all said, uh, you, myself, and Graham all said, we'd probably rather have him than Roberts in the team if Roberts had been fit. Because you look at against PSG or even Anderlecht, and when Roberts was playing, they were really, really exposed on the right-hand side, and it's because he just couldn't do as good a job defensively, or as, or wasn't as solid as Forrest. And um, he has been a, a, a one bright spark in, in that sense. But yeah, I mean, I think Roberts, he, he just never really had to got had the ground running. There was yeah. such fanfare for him arriving, and even before the injury, we just didn't really see anything of the player that had finished the season. Yeah, I, 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 you know, even going all the way back to the start of the season, I was kind of baffled as to why Celtic spent the whole summer trying to sign him oh. um, and spend a whole amount of money to do so. He's a great player, obviously, but and to be fair, his absence has been noted this season because he was obviously one of their best attacking players. But it kind of, like I said, it goes back to the kind of credit you do have to give Rodgers here because he's not only lost Sinclair on the left, but he's also lost. Uh, Roberts on the right and his right his only real right back as well either through former injury uh, so he's had to completely rejig that team Celtic now just about play for back three almost every game now and they're more comfortable doing so because they've got Jack Hendry who can slot in on the right there even like Christoph Fager was just about playing right back against in the last Rangers game you know so they are having to fiddle around and play things and I think that while the defence is just about held up the, the, we've seen it suffer in the front line, I mean, Dembele's another one if they want to go right up to the forwards, actually. Um, he's comparable to Sinclair. I know he's had injuries and, you know, you have to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt because he's had injuries, but I did hear a lot of grumbles from Celtic fans even before then. Um, and his goals per game have dropped, or goals per 90 has dropped from 0 0.87 to 0 0.4. So, similar to Sinclair, the amount of goals he's scoring for Celtic is halved. Um, and I think a perfect testament to just, you know, what's going on right now is that, and I didn't, I, I kind of stuck us on Twitter actually today, and I was like, basically the line was that even though Lee Griffiths has missed one third of Celtic's league campaign, he's still joint top goal scorer in league goals this season, and he's their highest player in terms of goals per 90 minutes. And that's A, a testament to how good Lee Griffiths has done and how efficient a striker he always has been for Celtic. But it also shows that the bar is so low at Celtic in terms of goal scorers this season. And another one's Ed Edson Edward. He's had some bright sparks, but that guy had, he had the whole field in front of him. He could have walked into that Celtic team at large parts this season. Uh, and he just hasn't really done it in terms of goal scoring. I think. It hasn't been touted. They might buy him for about seven million or something like that as well. Well, yeah, that's that's the that's the fee. Um, apparently, that it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, and to be fair, at certain points this season, I have kind of mulled over the idea of Celtic. If they are to sell Dembele, then maybe Edward could yeah. fill in as a as a as eventual cover because he's still a young guy. He's yeah. also show talents, but he, along similarly to Masonda, and I guess you have to say Johnny Hayes, even though his is almost entirely down to injury. Um, none of these guys have came in this season done really just a bit enough you know so that's three si that's three signings off the top of my head well. Comper to it I mean, don't get me started on Comper um, <laughs> I mean in Champs probably the only attacking player that Celtic have signed this season who's actually looked good you know and I don't even know if they signed him as an attacking midfielder when he first joined he wasn't this season or was he was he last season no he was this season this season yeah, yeah sorry. Like summer, yeah. Um, but 
he's maybe maybe he was signed as more of a kind of defensive or just a general central midfielder. He's looked a lot better going forward. That's true. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, if it 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 is overarching thing that would be my kind of general gist it's not one particular thing it's it's basically like three or four things going wrong for Celtic up front this season and you know Rodgers will have to have a sit down and decide what's going to happen with players like Sinclair then Bailey if it's down to injury if it's in a form if James you made a good point whether it's down to simple tiredness then okay you give these guys a break over summer and hopefully come back and fix things but if oh. it's something more sinister at play then do you then decide right we need to rip the rule book off and start again well let's talk about summer then you mentioned it there uh, and we don't want to be doom and gloom because we were just trying to, i think we were just genuinely interested to see who's dropped off and how this team have dropped off well actually before i talk about summer let's just get out of the way in case Celtic fans think we are being doom and gloom we all here think they're going to win the treble yeah right back to back trebles is like, an incredible yeah, achievement and it is an unbelievable context. achievement so that's we're not diminishing the achievement but i think we've got to look at it and i think when we talk about this this next part about the summer and what what happens next and what's going to come when the season ends if you're a Celtic fan there's got to be some worries there I mean let's start with the midfield then so uh, Tom Rogic and Stuart Armstrong are the two that spring to mind in terms of will they still be here will they, will they send a new contract um, Stefan I don't know if you, want to, if you want to take that but I mean both key players uh, for the Celtic side and would be very difficult to replace yeah oh, un undoubtedly I mean I think as much as Cal McGregor has really improved this season and as a number 10 I think he's kind of in a similar box to James Forrest actually in that a lot has been placed on his shoulders because of the injuries to Rogic yeah, and Armstrong at some point, so exactly yeah, yeah and he's, he's done well but I don't think I'm trying to think of a nice way to put this without sounding like I'm criticising him but I, I don't think he's at a level where he's scoring and assessing week in week out at least his stats don't suggest that he's not getting the same goals and assists as Armstrong did the season before put it that way yeah. despite largely playing the same position as he did um, but yeah so basically Armstrong and Rogic would be entering the final year of the contract next season reports in Australia I think I'm right saying are saying that Rogic isn't too interested in extending it because he's just not going to have game time we don't really know what's going on with Armstrong start of last season it looked like his agent was preparing him for a move down south. Don't know if Celtic were too happy with that. Rogers has kind of, you know, extinguished a few fires through the season, saying everything's fine. Still hasn't signed a new contract though, um, which sh would be concerning for Celtic, I think. I mean, I think if they go into the summer and both Rogic and Armstrong haven't signed a new contract and they don't look they will, do you then sell both of them for optimum price? Especially that, that's generally been Celtic's business model under, under the last like what five six years. Like I don't think they'd l be happy letting players like that go for nothing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean that's you know how they operate is you know they bring in players for cheap. Some of them will work, some of them won't, and then the ones that do they'll sell them for you know ten million, twelve million, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And Armstrong, there's no. I mean it's not, it's not it's not um, you know disrespectful to say that Stuart Armstrong is the kind of player they bought young with. I think every Celtic fan knew that if Stuart Armstrong reach his potential Celtic he would eventually leave to go to a team like Southampton or something for God knows how much money yeah. so if the club decided right if he's not signing a deal then we move him on to selling him on um, and if that happens and you lose he, they lose him and Rogic then there's going to have to be a huge reshuffle there there's going to have to be more signings um, yeah, especially if Robert's away as well and well that was the next thing isn't it well, certainly Edward as well got about three or four players on loan yeah I mean that's the thing it's, it's worst case scenario it could be a pretty big clear out um, will we talk about have we said much about Dembele I mean do we think he's going to go in the summer I know we're only speculating but 
you would say he's there's a chance he might go as well. I mean, every every window there seems to be that he's leaving. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think Celtic just have to figure out what to do with them and then just go. And I think the problem with a player like Dembele is they can't just be like, right, he's not going, he's staying. Let's build a team around him because it's almost like every so every six months it's like oh he could be off in six months time. Yeah. So for example. The only kind of clarity I think Celtic could offer is if they decide, right, we're going to sell him and then we're going to buy Eduardo contract out and then we'll, we'll deal with it from that or they then decide to move on to something else. But that's another thing that they have to, maybe it's another plate they have to keep spinning then going into summer. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because I think leading up to January we were talking about like, oh God, Celtic, typical, we need a centre-back. And then it seemed like the summer before that, why haven't they signed a centre-back? And you could argue they still haven't done that because they've obviously signed um, Comper, who hasn't played at all, as I predicted, um, and hasn't shown that he's good enough for Celtic, as I predicted. Um, but they know you're taking much. They're yeah. gonna. I got abuse on it, so I'm going to claim it when I'm right. Um, but I know I'm, I'm now on a rant now about Celtic's transfer policy, but they also have to figure that problem out too because Simunovic. I don't know the situation with Simunovic's agent, the club, but it seems though Celtic have been willing to listen to offers every single window. Uh, and he almost left in summer, he almost left in January too. One thing, I think he was just, he just failed a medical test, if I'm not mistaken, last time. I think one, one thing about the centre-back area though, that I think deserves to be said is that Ayers has played there and actually he's came on leaps and bounds in the last Jack season. Jack Henry too. Yeah, Jack Henry's obviously looking good, but I, I'm, I really like the look of Ayer. Like, I, think, I, think, I think he's a great player in there and I think Couple of years time, he could be the next one to move for you know like twenty, thirty million. Like whatever it is, you know. Yeah, they look like a good uh, partnership as well because they're yeah. quite different players, so they kind of complement each other pretty mm. well. It's probably a better version of a kind of McCrory Bates. Actually, I don't know better is the right word, but like well, Bates is out of contract this summer too, so they yeah. can sign him. Maybe. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think just giving us the perfect ending point. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think it is. A, they've got a good partnership there. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't want to be too too gloom and doom on the precipice of another mm -hmm. another treble but yeah I don't think there's doom and gloom this window I think there's just a lot of work to be done yeah for sure and I think it's just being realistic as well like um, I think I mean, Rodgers and the most educated Celtic fans will know that well before we go let's do a couple of shout outs to the website so we've got a lot on this week which is quite nice uh, a lot of different writers on the site as well Dougie Wright's back doing a column for us we've got Stevie Grieve he's back again with his most recent column doing something on Rangers We've also got our most recent Talking Tactics video out. So Stefan and I, we went to Rugby Park to talk to Gary Dicker. So that is now on the site. You can watch that. It's very interesting. He's a good lad, wasn't he? Yes, and he talks a lot about, you know, the kind of how Steve Clark has, you know, turned that squad around. Goes into a lot of detail, actually. Mm. It's interesting, yeah, definitely to get an idea of how he and his teammates uh, view Clark and his methods. And then we've also got uh, another feature from yourself, Stefan, on the teams that are be uh, the best at long and short pa uh, passes and the kind of different ways that they play in, in the league. So plenty to look out for. There will also be much more than that as well at the2.1.com. Uh, again, if you want to follow us on Twitter, that'd be great. That's at the2.1. And on Facebook, also at the2.1. And guess what? On Instagram, it's also at the2.1. Uh, please leave us reviews on iTunes for the 2.1 cast. Uh, reviews and... Yeah, comments and stuff like that is great. Um, the more, the better. Um, we like hearing feedback. Uh, I can't promise we'll take it, but uh, it's great to hear it nonetheless. But yeah, uh, that's all we've got time for, unless you guys have got anything else to say. No? No. Excellent. I, I th think I always just do this spiel at the end, and you guys are just kind of 
numb. Um, Already mentally checked out. Excellent. So let's all mentally check out and we'll be back next week with another episode of the 2.1 cast.